The Laughter Permitted Podcast is brought to you by Ally. Do it right. I don't know why this is coming to mind, but as I do a little jig to close out this year, the music that comes to mind is unchka, 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 unchka. It's kind of like this discotheque weird music. I don't know. Unchka, unchka, unchka. Ah! Hello, Doe Village. It's J Mofo alongside L Mo O. <laughs> Hi, Lynn. Hi, Julie. How many cups of coffee have you had today? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. We're closing out the year, baby. Got to bring the energy. All right. We have indeed come to the finish line of season four, and we wanted to do something special for the Dope Village to cap off this season and year. Our guest is Dr. Colleen Flash. Hacker. I've known Colleen for more than 20 years. She was the mental skills coach for the national team. And now I am lucky enough to call her a dear friend. The nickname Flash, by the way, comes from her ability to spread light, as you will see and hear. We had Dr. Hacker on at the beginning of quarantine, and she gave us invaluable insights at that time when it came to laughter, joy, and adjusting and adapting. Adjust and adapt. Adjust and adapt. Bust and move. (laughs) So this episode gave us a chance to learn even more about some of those topics. And Dr. Hacker is an expert on the psychology of peak performance. And she does incredible work with professional athletes, Olympic athletes, corporate leaders. She's also a professor at Pacific Lutheran University. And let's just say, beyond dishing out wisdom like donuts for all, which we call hackerisms, she is now forever associated with this sound for me and Lynn. (laughs) So get comfortable listening. It's Dr. Colleen Hacker. Hey there, Dope Village. As y'all know, Ally has backed Laughter Permitted since day one of our podcast as our financial ally. And honestly, Lynn, I might just tattoo Ally on my forehead. And Ally is currently on a mission to change the game for women sports. And get this, along with being sponsors of the National Women's Soccer League, Atlantic Coast Conference, United States Golf Association, and the Las Vegas Aces... Ally has committed to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And you, my friends, can be part of the change by watching your favorite athletes crush it on TV, by going to women's sporting events in person, by, I don't know, maybe listening to every single episode of this amazing podcast on trailblazing women. Because every time you show up for women's sports, you are helping move the game forward. You can learn more about Ally by visiting ally.com. Hey there, Dope Village. Lynn and I have been involved in women's sports our entire lives. And truly, we've never been more excited for what's to come in this women's sports space. And one big reason, Ally. Ally has made a commitment to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And that means more money going to women's sports and more visibility for what these incredible athletes are accomplishing. Ally is on a mission to change the game for women's sports. So here at Laughter Permitted, we're going to keep telling the stories of trailblazing women 
And every time you listen in, you are part of that change. To learn more about Ally, go to ally.com. Kick back, relax, and unwind. Let's have a good time, find and enjoy in life. We're smiling so bright, talking and laughing combined. Feeling all right, get comfortable listening. It's laughter permitted. Let's roll, baby. First of all, Flash, thank you, my friend, for joining us. So appreciate you for taking the time. Because as Lynn and I reflected on season four, and really this lovely year that is 2020, we thought it seemed only fitting given that we started the quarantine with your wisdom and your guidance that we should close out the year with the gift that is Dr. Flash, Dr. Colleen Hacker, because you really are the gift that keeps on giving. I'm the lucky one. I love this podcast. I love what the two of you do. I'm a devoted listener and fan, as you know. So it's an honor. You're always sending notes saying, oh, I love this bit or I love that bit. So thank you for being part of this dope village. Uh, And Lynn and I actually went and re-listened to our episode with you in March, and we decided that we wanted to pull out our favorite hackerisms, which is a phrase we have used for years (laughs) with the national team. We decided we're going to pull out four of our hackerisms from the last episode and then build on those. And pulling out just four is no easy feat, by the way, because there's about 500 hackerisms we could have pulled out. But we figured this will then be our jumping off point and we can move them forward and we will create another list of hackerism. So we'll bring you back for season five as well. Okay, great. Thanks. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I look back at the date of when we recorded the episode in March. We recorded on St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. Wow. And it just so happens today we are recording on December 17th. I don't know what that means, if there's any uh-huh. significance. I like it. I like it. There, there's a plan. There's a plan. <laughs> and I think our goal is to take a deep dive into some of these hackerisms that we've been saying since March. One of the hackerisms you gave us at the beginning of that episode, particularly as it relates to what Julie and I attempt to do on this podcast, is laughter is the antidote to stress. But we didn't talk about why laughter is so important. Can you walk us through that? Absolutely. And, you know, I just imagine at the moment when you're trying to decide a a name and a focus for this podcast and you come to laughter permitted, the only, the only evolution I would say is laughter required, right? (laughs) Like mandatory laughter. Mm -hmm. It is such a powerful antidote in our lives, regardless of a pandemic or not. You know, Julie may not be a medical doctor, but she's been dispensing medicine Mm -hmm. for a lifetime because laughter is medicine. It's not just a frivolous uh, activity. It's not just a frivolous behavior. Yes, it's enjoyable, but it is so much more than that. And, and, And before I get into it, I want to ask people, when was the last time you had a belly laugh? 
when was the last time you had a belly laugh? Mm -hmm. And the answer had better be some variation of this morning or this afternoon or this evening. It ought not to be a belly laugh, a belly laugh. Let me, <laughs> let me check when that might have been like this year, a belly laugh this year you're asking for is, is it's as critical to our health and well-being and vitality psychologically and physically as all of the other health behaviors that we're so committed to engaging in. I'm going to make this accessible, but I think the more that people understand neurochemicals and what they do for us, because whether you know about them or not, they're impacting our lives. Whether you know what their names are or not, they're impacting your daily health. Whether you know what they do or not, they're doing their thing. So why not know about them and then harness that power for good in our lives? In terms of laughter, there's three key neurochemicals. One's dopamine. Let's which, go. Let's yeah. go. I love dopamine. when you make science sexy, hacker. <laughs> make science fun. It is. <laughs> dopamine is the reward molecule. So when we laugh, it produces more dopamine. And so we get rewarded for that. We are going to hunt for it. There's a reason we scroll on social media. because It isn't that we get laughter all the time. It's like every 10th, every 20th. But we know if we scroll, we're eventually going to laugh out loud. And that reward keeps us coming back for later and coming back for tomorrow. When I watch Laughter Permitted and, and Kelly O'Hara, and then you bring on the surprise guests, watch that and everyone starts laughing and everyone starts telling a funny story. That behavior is self-rewarding. So it's saying, this is a good thing. Come back for it, right? Laughter produces dopamine, the reward molecule. Other, other activities that we do, and maybe we'll talk about that, also produce dopamine. Laughter produces serotonin. That's sort of the, it's like a natural antidepressant. So when we laugh, our brains go, Oh, that's what I like. That's really good. Give me some more of that good feeling stuff, right? That's a good thing. And laughter produces endorphins. We usually think about endorphins like the runner high kind of thing, but endorphins are also a natural antidepressant. Wait, there's more. So every time you laugh, Think about your brain just washing your, your soul with all of this goodness, like the dopamine, the serotonin, the endorphins. It's like a bath of goodness. But there's physiological changes that happen with laughter too. Laughter actually enhances the immune system. Hmm. Think no about- way. Are you serious? For real, peer-reviewed scholarly journals will extol the value of laughter increasing our immune system. Unreal. So you want to get stronger, laugh more. You want to get healthier, laugh more. The lymphatic system, any people that are uh, cancer survivors, any marathon runners, like the lymph system is what clears, it's the highway that clears uh, negative chemicals, 
build up um, substrates in our body. The lymphatic system is the highway that moves it out. A belly laugh enhances the lymphatic system. Fact, not hypothesis, not, not just jargon, not just slogans. You get a, a bath of neurochemicals that help us and an enhanced immune system and enhanced lymphatic system. There are medical physicians that prescribe laughter because it's that powerful. Mm. I'd like to say to them, just subscribe to laughter permitted and save the medical bill, but it's the same advice. It's the same advice. How do we get those laughs, especially with social distancing, isolation at times? What tips would you give for that if we're not hanging out with our friends nearly as much? Yeah. Part of that, Lynn, it's a great question. Part of that is the choices we make. Quite honestly, it's the people in our lives, right? The people in my life bring laughter. I, 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 got, I got an email from Heather O'Reilly today that made me laugh out loud. And first, my first response, thank you, Heyo. I needed that. Like, it made me laugh. Watching, I, this is not, you know, some perfunctory, obligatory praise watching the three national teamers come on to, to surprise uh, Kelly O'Hara. Like, I dare you to watch that and not smile. Yeah. Now, where I'm going with this is none of those people are physically in my life. I didn't see them, but that's what they brought to me. I'm going to say, I'm going to say to people, what are you reading and what are you watching? I, I, ju- I just watched an old Johnny Carson and old Johnny Carson, like you have control of media now. Like I can put on my screen anything that I want and I'm choosing to make selections that make me laugh. I have power. I have choice to do that. If we're watching bang, bang, shoot them up, horrible things that happen to, to people, you can imagine it's the reverse of that neurochemical bath. Mm. Now we're jacking up the cortisol and we're making an already difficult situation more difficult. So who's in your life? What are you reading? What are you watching? That's personal choice. That's agency. And I'm not leaving that to chance. I'm not leaving that to chance. I'm going to take control over that which I can control in my life and then reap the benefits. Uh, On that same theme, Colleen, one of the other hackerisms uh, from that episode that we loved and we we talk about all the time is hunt joy. So I would ask you, what does it mean to hunt joy? And what if you were tired of hunting? (laughs) I love that. You know, one of the things, I think one of my greatest compliments to people is that you didn't just hear, you listened, right? Hearing something, but not acting on it Hearing something, but not listening and taking it in is almost the same thing as not hearing it. So, you know, I just applaud you for for latching onto that. Hunt joy. Well, that was a purposeful phrase. Joy is different from happiness. Happiness is a state of being. Happiness is, this is going to be not fun for people to know, but happiness is not directly controllable. 
We can mm. influence happiness, but we can't control it. It's a state. It's a, it's a, an aspirational a place of being. It's a way of, of viewing your life and, and, and where you are and what you have. Hunting joy is always available. It's agency. You have choice to hunt joy. And I think people don't realize that our brains are hunting and we hunt anomalies. We hunt things that stand out. When we see, you know, corn, 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 dog, we're drawn to the dog. We're drawn <laughs> to things that stand out. And so just simply saying to people and challenging people and encouraging people to hunt joy, in my world, it's called a verbal prompt. Just like if I said to you, when was the last time you saw a red car? I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know when I saw a red car. But the next time you see a red car, you're going to be like, that's the red car because it primes us. Hunting joy primes us to look for it, to be on the hunt. And inevitably we find it. What do you do if you get tired of it? Count your lucky stars count your lucky stars. And, and I, I'm taking your question seriously, but, but when you prime yourself to hunt joy and generally joyful things do something else, they make mm. us smile either physically or internally. Dopamine, serotonin, right? Like there's that bath again. Oh, get me some more of that stuff. <laughs> And at first you have to remind yourself. At first it has to become a habit, a conscious habit. And when it's repeated and repeated and repeated, then it becomes a habit. Mm -hmm. and, and habits, you know, people are always trying to break bad habits or trying to create uh, new habits. The habit loop is really simple. It's a three-step process at its most simple, basic level, habits are formed in three steps, a habit loop, a cue, a routine, a reward, a cue, a routine, a reward, habit. And you keep repeating those three steps over and over and over again, right? Repetition, it becomes a habit. So the cue is hunt joy. So when I'm in my life, when I'm at home, when I'm at work, when I'm in the world, I'm gonna hunt joy. So that becomes my routine. When I find joy, hopefully you can, you can finish that out. When I find joy, I'm rewarded. I told you how you're rewarded physiologically and neurochemically. It feels good. Mm -hmm. The reward is, that made me laugh so hard. It's why we're drawn to funny videos on, on Twitter. It's why those get shared so much. Even our viewing habits have changed during this pandemic year because intuitively people have realized some variation of this, I just can't take any of that. And I'm looking, I'm looking at the two of you to nod, like no more of that, like enough. Like you've realized that that's not good for you, that it's not enhancing your life. News. And so you've, you've, yeah, and so you've curtailed it. So we want, so creating this cue, hunt joy, routine, the hunting of joy, and then the rewards you get, oh, that was so satisfying. 
creates a habit. If, if you follow my brain or follow me on Twitter, <laughs> you will see how often I say, look for the helpers, mm -hmm. look for the helpers. And I try to do that in so many domains, in family, mm -hmm. in professional spheres, children, adults, uh, individuals with disabilities, uh, internationally. It's, it, and, and that quote comes from Nancy Rogers, right? Fred Rogers' mother, in the midst of catastrophe and negativity and bad things in the world, Nancy Rogers always encouraged her son to look for the helpers. And I think that's just wise advice. And I've tried to adopt mm -hmm. that and carry that in my own, my own life. It's such a nice thread too. When I see it on there with Twitter, it's these fantastic stories that I then share as well. Whenever I see you post that, I'm like, oh, I'm going to love this story. I know it right now. I'm going to love this. So good. And, and look at what that did. You know, again, I look at you smiling and I look at how you lean forward and I look at the energy, right? That, that those, those good feelings, that reward is motivation, right? Good stories are motivating. Mm -hmm. Good stories are energizing. Good stories bathe us in these positive neurological and physiological benefits that we might not, until this podcast, we might not have had names for them, but we've benefited from them all of our lives, all of our lives. How do we know if something brings us joy? You'll smile. You'll smile. If you have to ask, if you have to ask, I'd keep hunting joy. <laughs> do I need to make a list of things? It's almost like chicken or the egg. Which, which comes first? Does joy come toward me or am I going toward it? Yes. Yes. What I would say to you is the reason that when you hunt joy, you can always find it is because it's around us all the time. The question isn't, is there joy in our lives? The question is, are we present? Are we open? And are we aware to receive that gift? I'm not trying to get woo woo here, but like I'm sitting here and, and there's a decorated tree. I'm looking to my left and there's Puget Sound. I'm looking diagonally forward and there's old mm. growth forest that I run in. I am surrounded by joy. But if I don't have a, a presence and a willingness mm. and a commitment to look for it and bring it in, it's like it's not even there. You become habituated to what's around you. So the antidote to, to being habituated to not recognizing it is to make it aware, make it explicit, increase our present focus, increase our awareness, increase our gratitude. We have so much, even in a time of loss, even in a time of, of great national and personal and family tragedy, we have so much goodness. So I simply say to people, some days you have to hunt a little bit harder, but aren't those the Easter eggs that are the most fun to find? Like when we transition from when we're little kids and, and that Easter egg hunt where they're like in the middle of the yard, brightly decorated because you have a two-year-old and the only thing that you're missing is a neon sign that goes, the egg's here, the egg's here. <laughs> 
you know, it's like when you have to really find it, you're like, Eggman, I found the one that was in the fourth tree in the fourth Y in the 12th. I had to get a ladder and a, and a crane and the fire department, but I got the egg. I mean, sometimes you have to hunt a little mm. bit more to find the joy and it's always rewarded and it's always worth it. We're going to start creating joy signs. Joy here. Joy here. <laughs> right? Here is joy. And if you don't see it, what is wrong? All right. On, the, on your point, Colleen, of, of being present, another hackerism, which we love. Which I think we need a sound effect every time we say hackerism. I'm going to work on that to figure out what <laughs> that sound effect would Ding! be. Something happy because, oh. oh, yeah, oh, that's what I feel like after my hackerisms. It's kind of like my be here now shirt and hat Mia has and wears all the time. And we made so many comments on it that she finally got me my own sweatshirt. Thank you, Mia, for doing that. Be her now. Do now well. And when we were discussing this in the first podcast in March, we were talking about doing now well, you know, it's gonna, you know, this is, this quarantine is gonna last weeks, you know, eight weeks, four weeks, whatever it is, but still do now well. I mean, we're eight months into this now and it's, it's now more, more important than ever, I would imagine. It is, but, but in your question is, is part of the, the education. In your question is already a hint on why we inadvertently make it harder on ourselves. Do now well means be where your feet are, right? I'm here right now. I think without realizing it, right? Self-awareness, self-regulation. If I got paid a dollar for every time I said that, self-awareness, self-regulation. I mean, that's at the heart of everything that we do in life, in this world. Self-awareness. I think often we tend to chunk time. Chunk time meaning gather a lot of it together and then hold it as one entity. Like, well, you know, eight months we've been doing this. Okay, but we're only right here right now. I mean, are you still carrying March, Jules? Because after March, there's April. Now you're carrying March and April. Okay, now there's May. Now you're carrying March, April, May. How are those legs feeling? I mean, how many things do we want to carry? Because life is inherently challenging. Life is inherently difficult. And when we chunk large parts of the past, that's a boulder to carry. The other way that we chunk time is we project in the future. I don't know how much more of this I can take, right? January, February. Um, I did the little calculator on when I'm gonna get my vaccine. Basically, I'm gonna be dead before I get my <laughs> vaccine, right? So I have a lot of months to go before, before it's my turn. Uh, number 79, right? I just imagine me being at the Costco line when the, when the vision people call your number and you finally get to order your contacts or whatever it is. It's like, it's, here's my number. But I can't do four months from now. I can't, like, there, there's no way to live the next four months. 
So we tend to replay and hold on to, we tend to project forward and then imagine how hard that's going to be. Just imagine every time you hold on to something that you're carrying another boulder. And one isn't too bad. You know, we're fit, we're strong people, but you start adding a lot of things to carry both past and future. And all of a sudden, no one can handle that. So do now well is a reminder that this is my, this is the, the time over which I have power. It's, it's, it's an ability in a healthy way to compartmentalize that you're going to do, I'm reading to my child. I am fully invested in my child, not thinking about, oh my God, I have 27 other things to do when I'm done reading this book to my child. Mm -hmm. Now you're not fully with your child and you're not doing those 27 other things. Congratulations, you've done nothing well. Mm -hmm. And then we wonder why we feel like we, yeah. oh, I haven't done anything well. Well, there might be a reason for that right, is be where your feet are. Do now well. And I think if we understood the nobility of now, like it's powerful. And, 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 and if I think in terms of chunks, like this morning, this morning, right, just do this morning, right? If do now well is too mindfulness oriented for you, chunk days, but then put that down and pick up this afternoon or in tasks. There's so many different ways, but the key is to recognize when you're in the past and when you're in the future. I actually have people write it down. Like I have people draw a little stick figure. So if you can imagine drawing three stick figures, so here's, you know, the leg, the arms out and the legs out, and then here's this, that's it. That's, that's all I got from an artistic standpoint. And then you put your head in the past in one. So here's the stick figure, but the head's over here. Then you have a stick figure and now the head's over here, right? You're in the future. And then you have a stick figure where your head's right there. That's your goal. And I think sometimes getting an image of it, having a model of it, okay, your feet are here, but, but you're in the past. Oh, I can't believe I blew that. Oh, I can't believe I did that. Oh, I can't believe that didn't go well or I have this to do and that to do it. Mm. Well, you ain't doing it now, right? Mm -hmm. So holding on to it is not helpful, mm. right? It's just not helpful, but doing now, well, I can do it. I can control it. And then I can reward myself for doing it. Mm -hmm. And again, it's behavior activation. You it control it. I love all it, that stuff. It is. And, and that's behavioral activation is it's, Essentially saying, again, self-awareness. I think a lot of people think I'll do it when I feel it, mm -hmm. right? I'll do it when I feel it. Like, you know, when I, when I feel like doing some physical activity, I'll do it. You'll be waiting a long time. You know, when the time magically opens up, we'll decorate for the holidays. Ain't time's not going to open up. Behavior activation switches that. And it says you have to act before you feel it. You have to act before you get the benefit of it. So many people say, I'm not feeling it. And so mm. they don't do anything. It's inaction. It's inactivity. It's inaction. They're waiting. I'm not sure for what, for when they feel it. And I'm like, how's that working for you? 
you didn't feel it yesterday. You didn't feel it today. <laughs> Chances are you ain't going to be feeling it tomorrow. Act first. Mm -hmm. Take the walk. Take the walk and just go around the block and notice things, mm -hmm. right? Don't wait till you have time. Just go for I don't have a lot of time. Great. Just walk out and walk back in. And I'm not kidding about that. Just act. Just move. Take little steps that prime your behavior. Act before you feel it. Rather than what most of us do is when I feel it, then I'm going to do it. And we're really motivated. As soon as I feel it, I'm going to do it. And it doesn't work, right? Mm. We have to act first, behavioral activation. Is there any pressure to saying do now well? Are there times when I can just do now okay? It's a great question, right? Nuance. Way to be a careful listener, Lynn. The, the admonition or the challenge to do now well is not a judgment. It's not a hierarchy. It's aspirational. And it's, and it's to elongate what well means. So to, to be honest, inherent in your question is this assumption that well means good. Well means achievement. Excellence. Well what, do you have, what do you have to show for it? Hmm. Do now well might be laying down and giving into it. Doing, uh, what have you done the last 20 minutes? I laid down, right? But you own it. Like I did that for a reason and I reap the benefit, but I'm gonna do the alternative. I'm laying down because I can't take this anymore. And just to show how, how responsible I am, I'm going to lay here and I'm going to think about all the things I should be doing. <laughs> and then I'm going to really talk about what a lazy son of a gun I am. And then I'm going to plan how I'm going to apologize for not doing anything for 20 minutes. You see what I'm doing. And I have a feeling a few people will find themselves in that they didn't do now well. Doing now well means I need a break. I need to withdraw. It, when I used to travel all the time, I created what I call no time. And it was a thing. So, uh, boy, this I have to be careful with this one. But if I was due to fly back on Wednesday, I would say I'm flying back on Thursday so that it created a, a no time. So people, I'm not back yet. She's not back yet. You can't get a hold of her yet. She's not back. I created that no is so brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and people in my life go, she's in no time, right? <laughs> it was a thing. Like I created no time. I and love no that. That is, that is a hackerism. Oh, I'm having a, <laughs> I'm having a, a hackerism moment right now. No time. Yeah. It's That's a thing. Brilliant. Like, it's, it's a thing like a pen is a thing. It was, a, it was a cre intentional creation and I used it because I know I needed it so that I could do now well. So no, no time allowed me to finish, complete what I had done, allowed for transition for what I needed to do. And then when I was on Thursday, I was on. 
No time allowed me to do now well mm -hmm. in each of those three phases, complete, <laughs> transition, re-engage. What I love is that now um, I can have a short hand with Julie sometimes, or I can say, I'm in no time. Talk to you tomorrow. I'm in no time. Or why I was giggling is because remember when I would go through those phases, which I tell Lynn about often where I'm like... I, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. Right. And then I go and hacker taught me, you look through your calendar and you're like, how does, how does never sound? <laughs> That's going to be my no time. How does never sound? I think of you every time I see that every time I see that. And, <sighs> and I want to say it's all of that. Like make it that vivid. Can't you see the executive standing at the desk earnestly flipping through the calendar and then saying with complete sincerity, hmm, how's never, is never good for you? <laughs> I mean, it's just classic. Uh, and, and what it does, it's permission giving. It's permission giving. And so often when wisdom comes in the form of humor, we don't really respect it as much hmm. or we're dismissive of it or we think of it as frivolous and, and it's not. That cartoon is transformative. It's empowering, it's educational. And even, even when you're thinking it and doing it, right? You're, you're actually scheduling, you have the subliminal pleasure of going, how's never, is never good. Right? Exactly, exactly. You have, this, you have this silent, pleasurable joke. And, and I, I actually see that cartoon when I do that. Uh. We're all laughing now. We're all laughing now. It has that effect. Hunt joy. I believe that was a New Yorker cartoon, New Yorker magazine. If anyone it hasn't was. come across it, easily Google-able. Google mm. I think the do now well hackerism to linify it a little bit for myself so I can absorb it even more is perhaps to say, do now compassionately. Beautiful, beautiful. Do now intentionally. Mm. I do a play on words where people are talking about the new normal and I, I don't like that. I talk about the now normal. Hmm. Not the new normal, because it's constantly in flux. It's constantly in change. So there's the now normal. And, and I would just say to folks, think how much from March until December, we have normalized behaviors and routines that were initially so disruptive, right? You go out to the, I don't know about you, but I'll speak for myself. I was going out to the mailbox in March and April with my wipes and, you know, wiping down uh, envelopes. Now they're, they're on the kitchen counter now, um, you know, masks. Like I look at the first masks I bought and you're supposed to blow out a candle. Oh my gosh. I mean, they're decorations. So I was spending money on masks that weren't effective. Now I have my go-to masks. And I mean, I could go, I could use so many things that were initially very disruptive in our lives that, that have now become normalized because it's the now normal. Why hang on to the upheaval of March and April? Because we've, we've learned so much more. We have new routines. We have new capabilities. Why not act and live and behave 
as though we do. I mean, they're just folks that the dredging up the past and dredging up the horror are their own Olympic sports. And, and, and you don't get medals for that. You don't get medals for that. You just get more cortisol. Congratulations. Here's your cortisol. It's just not a, it's just not a good choice. It's just not a good choice. Our final hackerism that we have used extensively in the last eight, nine months, adjust and adapt, adjust and adapt, adjust and adapt, bust a move. <laughs> Have to do the dance move, correct? That's part of it. Required. I feel like there should be a little noise that goes with it. Oh, 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 oh. Do the sprinkler. <laughs> do the shopping cart. I need you to in my life. I need you to in my life. Based on what you just said, as far as this evolution from our first masks to the masks we wear today and, and the now normal, it seems as though we're going to have to be adjusting and adapting basically forever. Yeah. And the cool thing is, Lynn, <laughs> is you have the capability to do exactly that. And that's not just cheerleading. Oh, I know you can do it, Lynn. I believe in you. No, it's not a cheer. Where's the evidence? We know you can do it because you did it with masks and you've done it with social distancing and you've found a way to connect with your friends and you have taken control in areas of your life that you might not have thought were possible for you. You, each of us can point to evidence of where we have the reserves and the capabilities to meet the next set of demands. Why? Because we've done it before and because we have built those reserves to be able to withstand what comes. And having that confidence is a bit of a superpower. It really is a superpower. And, and your evidence doesn't come externally. You just have to look in and say, I've done this hard thing. Mm -hmm. I've come through this difficult challenge. I've adjusted and adapted through X, Y, and Z. Ask Jules about homeschooling and, 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 and see if she's made some adjustments and, and adaptations. I mean, there's evidence all around us that we can, we have, and so we will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cue the noise. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You previously taught us box breathing. Before we let you go, do you have any other breathing techniques to share with us? I do, and I love that you asked. I love that you remember box breathing. It's also called tactical breathing. You never wanna just have one option. Can you imagine if you just had one shirt, one pair of shorts, and one <laughs> pair of socks? Rough life. And how I live right now, actually. <laughs> Fine with it, honestly. <laughs> So having more options that you experiment with is helpful. So we talked about four square breathing, box breathing, tactical breathing. Okay, here's five finger breathing. So I'm going to do it ab above to, to show it. But just take your non-dominant hand and rest it comfortably on a desk or on your leg or, you know, whatever, wherever you're sitting in front of you, just rest the hand on, on that surface comfortably. So the fingers are spread. They're not, you know, it's not hard or difficult. Just comfortably put your hand down. Then take the index finger of your dominant hand, but be present, right? Do now well. 
your finger and you actually want to tactile, you like touch, you're going to actually trace your finger. So you should feel all of this. You're going to start at, at the base of your hand and you're going to inhale as you go up your finger. So I'll, I'll explain it and then I'll start being quiet and demonstrating. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. And then finish with the thumb. If you are present and if you can control your breathing to inhale, no holding a breath in this one, and exhale with eat throughout the entire tracing of the hands, it calms you, it brings you back to the present, and importantly, in some situations, it gives you something to do. Part of why breathing is so important is because our minds start to, right, spin out of control. We ruminate, we worry, we fret, we project, and it gives us a grounding here and now opportunity to refocus. And the beautiful thing about five finger breathing is, I don't know, what did that take us? 60 seconds? I didn't time it, but it's very brief and very impactful. And guess what? You're in control of it. You're in control of it all the time. Our last, last thing is we discovered in our pre-call that, um, that you enjoy our high low cheer for many reasons. Um, beyond just it being a cute tradition at the dinner table. Um, and so we would like to know your high, low cheer of 2020 flash and maybe explain why you, why you like it so much. Yeah. I, I really appreciate you saying that to be honest, Jules, I was going to do it whether you asked or not, right? <laughs> because if there's one thing, honestly, I mean, everybody loves your guests. Everybody loves that you provide access to these icons, historic, world champion figures that we would never have that, that level of access to without laughter permitted. But if there's one common element, the number of people that I hear, oh, I'm going to totally do the Fowdy thing. I'm, we're totally doing the high load cheer. Mm -hmm. I must hear that from somewhere close to, I'm going to say 100% of everybody who's ever listed, listened to the podcast. They want it. They love it. They're drawn to it. Well, there's a reason for that, right? There's a reason for that. High, low, cheer. The high gets us focusing on the good, hunting joy, right? High, it's priming each person to hunt for the goodness, look for the helpers. We already know that's beneficial. Low, that's how life comes at us. It normalizes that there's difficulty, there's failures, there's setbacks. I worry, I feel so empathetic for people when bad things happen, spend a great amount of time going, why did this happen? Like, what did I do wrong? I don't know, you were alive? I mean, that's, that's how it is. Like life comes in highs and lows. The cheer is that we're in this together. We have capabilities to reach out. We already talked about that at the outset of the podcast. You can do it with people you know that you don't know. It's a way to say who out there is doing something that's valuable, uplifting, and powerful. So your simple 
the cute Julie Foudy high-low cheer <laughs> has incredible uh, educational and enduring life lessons that benefits every single family and person who adopts it. Yeah. Jules, can you give the source of high-low cheer? Yeah, I was going to say, as, as you're well aware, uh, Flash, something very important to you. The source is not me, of course. <laughs> we never are the originators. We only say who started it, most importantly, um, is Marnie McNanny, who is a wonderful senior staff member with the Julie Fatty Sports Leadership Academy. She did this around her table. When she told it to us, I was like, oh! <gasps> I am going to use that around our table. And then I told it to Lynn and then we discovered, oh, that'd be really cool to talk about with athletes at the end of the podcast. So I love you, hearing the backstory and I do. It is important to give credit where credit is due, right? I didn't write War and Peace. <laughs> I, you know, I, I didn't produce the Disney movie. Uh, I'm not the senior executive at ESPN or whatever it might be. Give credit where credit is due because that's part of the story. That's part of the life. And then the next step, it's like, you know, you're onto something when, when you go so many different directions and you come back to these universal truths, look at, look at what you did, right? You didn't just hear your staff members say that you listened and then you acted on it. That's the greatest compliment you could ever give someone is to recognize where you learned it, to share that as part of the story, and then to adopt that behavior. Okay, so what is your high-low cheer? Ah, come on, Flash. <laughs> okay, well, my highs are, are, are the people and the relationships. I mean, every single day. Today alone, I got to hear from Heather O'Reilly. I got to hear from Julie and Lynn. I got to hear Carla Overback. You know, I, I laughed. I, I, the people in my life, uh, I, I, there've been, they've been my greatest gift of 2021 people and relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Lows. It, it just is this, the suffering, the suffering of so many families and individuals. I think sometimes when we, when we use these big numbers, we, we lose, we lose the reality. And, and uh, so the individual lives and the impact mm -hmm. uh, on those families is truly almost too much to bear, almost too much to bear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And your cheer? Oh, healthcare workers, healthcare yeah. workers, first responders. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be me if I didn't say the medical and scientific experts expertise matters, mm -hmm. education matters, qualifications and capabilities matter. And all of us are the beneficiaries and all the people who have, who have made me laugh without trying just by the lives that they lead and the people that they are. One, two, three, one, two, three are my cheer. Mm. You, <laughs> my friend are one of our cheers for 2020 and, and hi i'm grateful for that it, it's incredibly meaningful to me you know this already colleen but the impact you've had in my life and in so many others and the way that you continue to impact so many lives um is 
is something that I just cherish in my life. Uh, so thanks for all that you do, my friend. It means the world to me, Jules. It means the world to me. I, I'm just, my heart is grateful and full. I think the world of you, as you well know, uh, you're putting that goodness out in the world. You're getting access uh, for people. And, and your life is an example of, of the difference that one person can make. And here's to all of us crushing it in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> crushing 2021. Bring it on. <laughs> That's what I say. That's what I'm going to be doing this New Year's Eve. Bring it. Bring it. <laughs> I'm in for all that. <laughs> Bring it, don't sing it, Len. Let's go. Takeaways, darling. New hackerism. Mm. Act before (laughs) you feel it. Mm -hmm. Good one. I also appreciated Colleen putting a new spin on do now well when she said do now intentionally. I like that a lot. I've been thinking about it since we did this interview. Yeah. I have a new bumper sticker, a new hackerism bumper sticker, and it's going to read the nobility of now. Oh. She actually said, if we understood the nobility of now, it's so powerful. And um, that is going to be one of the things I definitely work on for 2021, because that I think is is so important, is being present, the nobility of now. So major cheer to Colleen for that one and for closing out the year with us. And speaking of cheers, in honor of this being our last episode of the season, I put out a call to our Dope Village to share some of their cheers from the year and give a shout out to someone for helping them through 2020. So we got some awesome responses. And Julie, would you like to kick it off and we can read some of them? Yes, Kira Sparks. Thank you for replying. Her cheer for the year was major props to all the teachers who did the impossible this year. Snaps. Snaps for that. I am with you, Kira, on that one. They're huge. Thank you, teachers. Here's another one you're going to be with. Megan Bost, her cheer, 100% doctors, nurses, Mm -hmm. and essential workers. They are the heroes of this year. Amen. Yeah, they are. No kidding, right? Ugh. Kate Burke said, my husband and kids who keep me laughing always. I agree with that one, Kate, as well. My best friends, Mary and CJ, for being a listening ear. And last but not least, my dogs, because dogs are amazing. Yes, they are, Kate. Good one. Dogs are the best. Samantha Miller wrote, my family. Right on. Emily Davis wrote, I cheer for the artists, writers, podcast hosts. Well, thank you, Emily. Journalists, documentarians, and their teams who have expanded my mind from within the walls of my apartment. I am so grateful. These were so so good. good. Really good. I'll put out a cheer to family and friends who for sure got me through. And definitely a cheer for the scientists and experts and geniuses who came up with a vaccine. Right. My cheer is for our dope village and our guests who show me constantly the power of one. I am forever reminded of the impact we can have 
by just caring enough to act, by one person caring enough to mobilize many, and we see it everywhere, and we see it right now everywhere. So as Colleen was talking about, thank the helpers and then be that helper. Yes, go on, sing that dream, say it out loud. That is what I want out of 2021. More singing, more dreaming, more understanding of the nobility of now and how it starts with you and equally important, it starts now. We also hope you'll support our sponsors as well, Ally Bank and Dick Sporting Goods. And as always, a thank you to Kate Diaz for our incredible theme music. Remember, kids, sing it with us. Laughter permitted. Laughter is medicine. Hey there, Dope Village. I wanted to remind you about the best NFL podcast around, The Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny. Every week, the brilliant Mina Kimes tackles the biggest NFL topics with precise analysis and, of course, signature wit. You can find the Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny, that's her dog, by the way, wherever you get your podcasts. Check it out.